Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from us. What's happening, Gordon? How are you? I'm good. How are you today, Jake? I'm good, man. What's happening? Uh, what's going on in uh, in your world? What's going on in my world? Uh, my wife's birthday coming up next week. That's nice. You feeling some pressure? No. Um, let's see. What it's else? pronounced Porsche. Uh, not just just routine living, you know, which is good. I'm I'm not going to give anything away here. Okay. Oh, something's but going no, on. No, 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 no. You you consulted with us. I don't even know if this is what you're getting, Lisa, for her birthday. But one thing you're at least considering is is a bold move. We had that conversation off the air. I can't remember what I said. You can't remember? Okay, Uh we won't. It's something Jake and I would never do. Would never do. And actually, we should have this discussion after the birthday, because I think it would be kind of one of those funny summer radio topics. (laughs) Funny ha-ha, funny funny weird. No, 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 no. Funny like, uh, I bet you we'd get, I bet you we'd get two polar opposites. People that do it all the time or people that would never go close. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I I am completely confident in uh in my decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it sparked, I thought, a pretty interesting off the air conversation. Because I feel like it is a bold move. A, a bold move, really? Bold. Yeah. No, I mean, let me say it this way. I used to be much more confident in that regard than I am now, but uh, but I still feel confident enough to do it. See, my my gift giving is, but see, I'm not a great gift gift giver. Confidence is see, very I, I, I try I really hard, gifts. and I oh, I love giving it too. I'm just selecting the right one. Oh, is not, really? Is, I mean, you know, you know your bride as well as anyone. I mean, how can you not know what what she would like? It's more the fear of missing <laughs> than it is, you know, getting a hit. I'm not, I, I, you know, my batting average is not zero. I do okay, but it's not great either. All right. Well, that might be, that, that might be fair for all of us. But, uh, but I, it doesn't stop me. It doesn't stop me. But there are certain, like, areas, you know? Like, I, I, I wish they made more things for golfing because I feel <laughs> pretty good about buying golfing gifts. You know, it's, it's safe. Uh, but, yeah. but, see, the realm you're going into... I wouldn't have the confidence to get a hit as opposed to a strikeout. 
See, I, I don't even, I don't even, I, I do think. By the way, stop us if we give anything well, away. No, I'm, I'm uh, trying right. to tread I mean, very carefully. I appreciate you keeping yeah. it big. But I, I've talked to a lot of guys who agree with what you're saying, you know. I've even had some guys come to me for advice and even go with them to, uh, to, to purchase certain gifts. So, I mean, although I'm not sure that worked out all that well either. But, you know, giving gifts is, is, is risky business. I mean, it's a risk. You're taking a risk because you don't know for sure unless there is no surprise in it and they have directed you completely what to get. But even then you might screw it up somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. If anybody I, has any good ideas, let me know, uh, you know, if, if, if I need to reconsider you know, if anybody no. has a good gift idea for my lovely wife, life, wife Lisa, uh, please, uh, you know, I'm all ears. Because here's one thing I've learned in my life, Jake. It is that, uh, you know, you have one mouth, but you have two ears, as the cliche goes. Mm-hmm. So that means you should listen. And I try to listen before I draw my stupid conclusions. So at least I'm informed when I make my mistakes. <laughs> informed mistakes are better than uninformed mistakes. I see where your mind's at. Yeah, I I got you. Uh, well, well, if you get a hit on this one, it's going to be at least you know stand up double, maybe able to stretch it into a triple. So we wish you luck. <laughs> we'll see. We, we, we wish see, you here, luck. Here's the other problem. I might think it is a triple, but. Uh, you know, the giftee might think it was <laughs> yeah. a foul ball. See, I, I run into that problem often myself. Where you think, you think I just nailed this right out of the park. And then have you ever given a gift that made your wife cry? No, I have felt good. Felt good. There's a humble brag. Yeah, it was it was. Yeah, it was uh, it was it made me feel good that she felt good. So awesome. Doesn't always work out that way. Well, good luck, buddy. Uh, you'll have to let us know how it goes because I do think uh, we could we could revisit this issue because it is bold. Okay. You are you are quite bold. Not bold, not bold in the sense of doing anything crazy, but just, just bold and wanting to get it right. Austin is here. Hello, Austin. Hi, guys. What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, you're good. Good. What's going on in your world? Uh, I've got that old uh, summer cold that you had a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that one from the little one? Yeah, the little one got it from the cousins who (laughs) love us so. Yeah, they just uh, spread the joy. God, our kid got croup. We don't know where. Oh, yeah, our kids have that. (laughs) Oh, and they were playing together last week? They were sharing lollipops last week. (laughs) That's rough. So, yeah. yeah. You're the man in black today. I'm Johnny Cash in it, yeah. Except I got tan pants on. Okay. Not going the full Quinn Snyder. Did Quinn Snyder have a game this year where he did not wear black? They did one. Was it one? It was where they wore the WNBA 25-year anniversary shirt. Oh, so there was a reason. He yeah, yeah. yeah. But the rest of them, all all year long, as he told you he was going to do, Yeah. it was Johnny, Johnny Cash for the whole staff. What was the reason for that? Just he was sick and tired of coordinating. It was taking too much of his time because his staff would text him and be like, what are we supposed to wear? And so he finally just said, black on black all year. Wow, okay. He looked, uh, well, he, he looked sharp, too. Yeah, he, and he had one particular belt buckle that he really liked. The back-to-back horseshoe? Yeah. Yeah. That one. Wow, uh, you're really paying attention, aren't you? Well, he wore it like every game. I mean, it'd be, it'd be you know, if you... If hey, Jake, you, what kind of belt is uh, Quinn wearing tonight? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, 
honestly, when you host the pre-half and post-game coverage, you you have to. You, there's one critical thing you have to do, and that's watch every game, and if you notice things. Well, I watched every game, and I did, I have noticed that belt, though. I got to admit, you're right. But also, you look good in black. That's a good color for you. Are you? Do you guys believe in that? Do guys pay attention to that? What color? I'll is tell their you. Best I'll tell color? you why I wear black a lot. Why? Because it's the ultimate weight loss color. <laughs> is that true? It, it makes you look slimmer and thinner. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait a minute. I have. I don't think I've ever once thought this color is good on me. I don't think that that thought. I I've worn a lot of wild colors in my wardrobe, <laughs> and I've never once thought like, oh, this this shade of blue is is just lovely with my cheekbones. No, but have you? Ever, <laughs> no, I've, I've have never you ever thought, thought that. No. Have you ever thought uh, like uh, you know, like. Uh, Fuchsia is not my color. No. Or, you know, whatever color. Pick a color. Uh, I mean, no, not really. Like, what What do you mean by doesn't, what What do you mean by not my color? Well, I don't know. So I've just, like I've, you're embarrassed I've to wear it people, or it does not no, like compliment no, your yes, features. Yes. That's ridiculous. Uh, that, that's what people, I hear that all the time. Uh, well, that's ridiculous. Really? I'm not sure that is ridiculous. I, I used look, to wear bright yellow shirts. Uh-huh. I tried a bright yellow shirt on recently. It did not. It looked like I was a giant lemon. It didn't go so well. Yeah, but what, uh, was that unique to you? Or, I mean, was there something about your the rest of your features that made that the yellow made look worse? Uh, my love handles. Uh. <laughs> but see, that's you, you look the same regardless of the color. You, 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 There's a little extra love down there insane. on the handle. Now, it. maybe you feel better about you. Like, that's like, the, yeah. like, I really like this color, so I want to wear a shirt of this color. But that's not like this complements my features. That's no. ludicrous. But I've, I've, I, No, no, no. I've heard that from people, and I've agreed with them. Well, so? Like, some people look really good in green. And some people don't look it's as good It's all about the eyes, isn't it? I, I don't know. Is it? Or a skin tone but, or something? But I, I don't would, know. I would buy into more like that color complements your personality more than the look part. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not an expert, expert in this area, but I have heard people who I trust, have, who have very good taste, I've heard them talk about this is not my color. You know, we, we ought to call a lemma. A lemma would have a, have would a reason behind all this. Yeah, I, well, bet, I bet our wives would know. I yeah, bet they know about color tones and how that whether it looks good on them or not. I know, we might not think that, but they they do. But taste is is one of those fun sciences that has absolute no definition. Like, oh, that person has good taste. Well, what does that mean? Very subjective. Uh, yeah, I suppose there's, yeah, that's true. That goes for all all different things that you purchase in life. You know, uh, have you no, ever no, seen? Give me something uh, with functionality that has definition. That has that has something that you can <laughs> wrap your hands around. Taste Jake, is Jake, one of those things. This segment's brought to you by Consumer Reports. Like if if you show me uh, like a. a, a some lawn furniture, right? Give me, give me the sturdy, functional, comfortable lawn furniture that's going to last me through a hurricane. Don't give me the made of twigs that crumple <laughs> as soon as somebody who weighs more than eighty-five pounds sits in it. Yeah, but some people like that stuff. I'm talking about me. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, yeah. Don't give me the Barbie furniture for the lawn chair. Here. I don't care what my neighbors. I don't care if my neighbors drive by and go, "Oh, look at that lawn furniture." No, I don't care. I want to sit in it, be confident in it, and not buy anything to replace it for several years, if not decades. When I think of lawn furniture, I always think of that quote from Bobby Sloan. 
who said, uh, who, who, <laughs> we went to McLeansboro and we saw, you know, some people just have a lot of lawn furniture out front. You know, they have like, uh, uh, like plastic deer and they have all these different kinds of chairs and, and that, you know, some, some people have tables. They have all kinds of stuff out there front. And I asked Bobby about that, and Bobby said, well, some people think, what's the use of buying stuff if you put it inside where no one can see it? You got to put it outside where everyone can can enjoy it. I've never been much for, you know, pink flamingos in the front yard. We have flamingos in our front yard. I was going to say, that that's why I put all my $3,000 Italian suits right on the driveway. <laughs> And I said lawn furniture. I more meant like deck furniture. You know what I mean? Like th- that kind of thing. Well, you've got a deck in the front of your house. We do. Some people, I mean, that, that's that's not that common, is it? I don't know. We like it. We like it for a variety of reasons. What? Like you like keeping an eye on the neighbors? Uh, being neighborly is part of it. Yeah. We you like, sit on the deck like and people walk by yeah, and wave, wave and, and all that. It's yeah, yeah. a big difference between keeping an eye on the neighbors and being neighborly. Yeah. You, you, you are a peeping <laughs> one's, Tom. One's I'm a criminal normal. activity. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, our, uh, our front deck is facing east. So our back patio area is facing west. And so when we, the time of day, we actually use the deck it's cooler in the front. It's shaded in the front. Yes. We're in the back. In it, the back. it feels like the Mojave Desert. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you like sitting in the front, and, and I think that's really nice of you to sit out front and wave to people, and you have a nice view of the mountain, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you sit out there and Yeah, well, we've got nice nothing, nothing wrong with being friendly. I mean, we're not throwing the types of parties you need to put behind the fence, if you know what I mean. Like, we're clothed and friendly. Uh, it, it, although, however, the thing about saying, the thing about Jake's deck is it it doesn't have. I don't want to talk about Jake's deck. <laughs> Jake's uh, deck has no it has no guardrail on it. Has no railing. That yeah. was that was one of the things I requested when I had it built. I didn't want a railing because he wanted to be able to push people off if he wanted. No, to. it's like a foot is off. Is it a the big ground. deck? <laughs> it's like a foot off the ground, so you can just step down onto the lawn. <laughs> I didn't want it, you know. So it's a short deck. Yeah. All right, Gordon, why, do you have a deck? So why are we talking we about this? I don't know. Austin, is that the point you're trying to get across? Okay. <sighs> I like my deck. And I, and, and Does Lisa like your deck? Because that's lo- what matters. You did this. Stop it. Stop it now. Let's let we're we're putting the brakes on this conversation and and we are we're going, comparing decks. We're going to do the you have a deck split? Story no, the real man doesn't need a deck. Austin, hit the button. <laughs> two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, the Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Game could end up being better than a paycheck. What's the latest? No, nothing to report on Notre Dame you know, at this point in time. Notre Dame's uh, AD Jack Swarbrick expressed interest to get a 13th game, kind of a 13th data point. Could BYU factor into that kind of a independent like championship game, if you will? No. No, they wouldn't do that. I've heard that suggestion. It's it's a, it's a, another goes back to this kind of Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They stand alone as much as maybe they might not be, uh, you know, the the top of the hill right now. That brand is a in college football history is number one. 
maybe not right now, but it, the residual will last for a long time. And I, I respect that. And that's why there's, uh, I, I can't force an issue with that. They have a lot of strength, but we do have contracts and we'll do everything we can to come up with a good resolution. That was Tom Homo back in uh, January of 20, uh, Austin, talking about the possibility of playing Notre Dame well. That uh, possibility has been in the news today, Gordon. In fact, in your Salt Lake Tribune, sltrib.com, uh, Norma Gonzalez, who covers uh, BYU, has a story up. I found it uh, interesting on uh, if Notre Dame will ever play the game it owes BYU. Will it ever play the home game it owes BYU, because that is part of the minutia of the negotiation, whether it is actually going to be a home game. But uh, this is uh, one of those things that's been out there for a long time. Honestly, Gordon, I, I I never thought that they would play this game. And what your reason? They don't really have to. They're Notre Dame. Well, they why did they sign the contract in the first place? I don't know. Circumstances change. You can say that to uh, to just sort of cancel out any contract. Well, circumstances change. Well, when you're Notre Dame, you can kind of do that. But isn't there some honor involved in that? No. Should be. <laughs> Should there? I I just didn't think it would happen. I mean, if they if they're kicking the can down the road <laughs> this far. Gordon, you know they signed that contract. What was the year? It was it was enormous uh, thing. It was yeah. It was like 2012 and 2013. That's when that they, they played. played. Yeah. So they signed the contract pretty much right when they went independent, right? Which was 2009, 11, 10, somewhere in there. I thought they yes, 2010. First season was 11. They uh, announced independence in 2010. So I mean, it's been 11 years and they haven't even scheduled it. I mean, they've scheduled it and then they unscheduled it, right? Well. Yeah, it was interesting how it was fine with Notre Dame and BYU went back there twice. Well, yeah, because they that's the whole point. Because Notre Dame doesn't get anything from coming to BYU. They got their payday with their two home games because they keep all the revenue from the home games. But that's the whole idea. When you sign a two a two and one, you're supposed to hold up your end of the deal. Yeah, but when you know, it reminds me of when uh, when uh, one time I went to, to Ocean City, uh, uh, New Jersey, with a bunch of my friends. And we were in a van, you know, and we thought, okay, where are we going to, where are we going to, we got to change. We got to get to, we wanted to get into our, our beach gear. And so a couple of the guys were holding towels up over the windows because a bunch of people were walking by. And, and all of a sudden one of them started laughing and he dropped the towel. And I said, you're not holding up your end of the deal here. We held up the towel for you. Now Notre Dame is dropping the towel. And there BYU sits naked as can be. Oh, that was a long way to go to get there. It was. Yeah. It was. I would admit that was pretty lame. But the point is, if Notre Dame <laughs> agrees to a deal, then they should live up to that deal. Um, I agree with you, but that's just not the way. Well, it's then, not the then way your, it works. Then your organization is is flawed. Well, why don't you call them and, and tell them that, that you have that opinion? And Jack, and what let, are you doing back there? Let me know. I know you're Notre Dame, but let me the know football fans of Utah want to see the Fighting Irish. Now uh, they've been out here before. They've played BYU down at Lavelle's place. Yeah, they lost. And another reason they probably don't aren't in a hurry to do it. Wait, Ty, Ty Willingham was wait, wait. the coach. Didn't Notre Dame crush BYU in Pro Bowl one time? 
I'm uh, misremembering. I've not got in a this case century. Roger yeah. Clemens here. The last time was Gary Croton was coaching. Yeah, I think Austin's right. Ty Willingham was the, the head coach at Notre Dame. And BYU won by three? Yeah, it was a close one. It mm-hmm. wasn't particularly like a well-played game either. But BYU I was in the MTC, and I could hear the, the <laughs> roar of the crowd, and I was like really homesick. Well, if you're going to sign a deal, okay, you come back here for two games, and we're going to come out there for one game. Live up to the terms of the deal. Here's the I don't care one way or the other. I don't care if BYU plays Notre Dame. I got it doesn't really matter to me. But if they say they're going to do it, this is one of the keys to good living. Do what you freaking say you're going to do. Isn't that something good to live by? And the, the the reason that stands out so much is because so many people and organizations don't do it. But if you do it, then I'm sorry, I got nothing but respect for you. So if Notre Dame agrees to two home games and one road game with BYU, live up to the terms of the deal. Jake, I'm surprised you don't feel this way because you usually are all over that sort of thing. Well, I part. Hmm. All right. So yes, I agree. I agree with you, Gordon. That uh, that people should should follow through on what they agree to. Well, I this mean, is that's a whole a, organization. But, this is Notre freaking maybe, name. Maybe Gordon, if you shook your fist harder. Uh, things would change, but no, I'm I don't... just saying it with <laughs> conviction because I believe it. No, I'm just saying like they don't care. Well, they, they should obviously... care. That's my point. Well, that, that's not going to change anything. Here, here's here's to further the conversation. BYU should have seen this coming and probably did when Notre Dame didn't schedule home game, road game, home game. They scheduled home game, home game, and uh, <laughs> you know we'll see. So this is a little bit like the guy who is uh, who's standing there talking to the nerd, and someone comes up and gets behind him and then he pushes him over. It's it's I I would almost guarantee I don't know this for a fact that BYU was pretty desperate to to make some headlines when they went independent. And announcing a 3-year or a 3-game series with Notre Dame is a big deal because they're the other, you know, they're not the other independent team, there are more, but they're the the standard bearer for independence and it was a big win for them to announce this series. So you think that was really what BYU had in mind? They wanted to make a big splash. I and don't they think didn't really care about whether they got uh, their the home, home game. game or not. And probably didn't really expect it. So it's kind of a wink wink situation. My my speculation I, I would guess that would, would be the case. And then, you know, if the home game comes to fruition, then, wow, that's certainly a coup. But at the time, you get your you get your PR, you get your headlines, you get a couple of games against a really good team. Remember the, the one year BYU almost spoiled Notre Dame's run to the uh, BCS title game. Remember the Manti Teo year? I would assume you were probably at that game, at so that I'm game. trying yeah, to, to, to spark your imagination. No, well, no, that I was don't. a good Notre Dame team. That was a good game. And one of those and years, you, I mean, uh, uh, Notre Dame just absolutely embarrassed BYU back there. That was the year. Remember when the defensive back, whoever it was, was spinning in a circle on that one play and everybody was laughing at But it. remember the first few years of independence and the schedule that BYU was rolling out there? I mean, it it was understandably not terrific. And they needed something to point to, say, give us some time here. We scheduled a Notre Dame series. Like, So why didn't they just a schedule a two-game series going back there? Why throw in a faux, a faux game that's never going to be played? I See, I, I think there, there are two you aspects to this. You get the Fighting Irish. Hold on. Let me ask you, answer that. You get the Fighting Irish to agree to whatever, as much in your benefit as possible. Okay. I just think there are two sides to honoring a deal. One is the, the, the Notre Dame side, where, okay, live up to your deal. The other side is that BYU has to ex- expect 
have have some self-respect and say, hey, we're expecting you to come back because we're going back there a couple of times. I mean, it's not like BYU is Appalachian State. I mean, BYU is a respected football program around the country. It's not like uh, New Mexico State signing to go play Michigan. I mean, BYU deserves to be treated a certain way, I think. And I think I, I would say that for a bunch of programs. Notice but he didn't run down New Mexico. Go Lobos! Had to go New Mexico I State. I mean, but but what if... So, Notre Dame could just t- say no to BYU at any time. They, they, they are going to go on and be just fine. It's leverage. But they, I'm said, sure, but they said yes. But I'm sure BYU knew exactly what the deal was when they signed it, or else Notre Dame would have just said no. Said, okay, hey, throw in the third home game. We're going to save a little face, and if it happens, great. If it doesn't, well, uh, whoopity-doo. Hmm. I mean, could you really, hey, live up to your agreement if that was their understanding to begin with? BYU needed the games. They needed the headlines. Yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying. Why didn't it, it go road, home, road then? Because they knew all along that this was likely not going to happen. Oh, I don't or at know. least not in this, uh, you know, not for uh, several decades. Well, apparently BYU is still kind of hopeful that the game will take place. It might be at a neutral site, but there—that's—that's that's what Norma's report was today. Ah, see now, now you're getting into how do you make it worthwhile for Notre Dame and playing a, a game in Provo. Is not worthwhile to Notre Dame. But if you can look at BYU selling out that stadium in Vegas already against Arizona, all of a sudden Jack Swarbuck is probably like, oh, you don't say. Well, well, wait we a second. Could, we could really benefit does, from uh, splitting the gate at a sellout in an NFL it, stadium in does, a city wait, where wait, we can charge whatever we want for tickets. Yeah, Notre Dame plays road games? Uh, look at uh, how many road games Notre Dame plays against somebody that they're not in a relationship with. Okay, so you're talking about USC, Stanford, Michigan. They still do the Michigan thing? Ever? That one's less frequent. But. Yeah. And the rest, of, the rest of the row games they play are ACC games. But Notre Dame's not the only school guilty of that. When was the last time the University of Alabama played a non-conference game outside of yeah, the state of Alabama? You know, true. Unless it's a neutral site, big-time matchup, which they've done a few times. Hmm. Well, it, uh, in reading uh, the report, it sounded to me like uh, like uh, that, that game's potentially in a place like Vegas uh, very well could happen. And she, Norma, pointed out that BYU and Notre Dame next season, not this season, but next season, they each only have 11 games scheduled right now. So, so if they there's can, some hope. If that, BYU uh, can create the most lucrative situation for Notre Dame, then they'll they could possibly get a game. I, you, but see, actually, in this case, it has very little to do with the, con- the contract that they signed back in 2010. Well, you're talking about what will happen. I'm talking about what should happen. You know, I'm so, aware that we parted ways yeah. in the, that discussion because I, mean, yeah. I don't I think mean, I just I don't I just, think, uh, I just believe in living up to your end of the deal. And you you know you say that, and I believe you, but I don't think people in Utah. Saying like, "Hey, you should fulfill your agreement" is going to do anything because I don't think that that was even necessarily the agreement in the first place. I don't know why you'd agree to it. Uh, just then, just agree to the two road games and leave it at that. Because you're giving BYU a bone that you're never going to live up to. It's a faux bone. 
That's what I've thought for a long time. <laughs> well, that's certainly the way it looks. Uh, unless unless they get something worked out here. Because I'm sure Tom Homo called. Was it Jack Swarbuck even back then? Said, hey, so. hey, Jack, uh, we're going independent. You guys are independent. How about we work out uh, playing each other every year? No? Okay, how about uh, how about a home and home? Let's just let's get that roll. Oh no, no, no to that as well. How about a, a two for one? We'll play two there and and one here in Provo. No, um, boy. Uh, how about we schedule a two for one? We'll give you the two road games first, and then we'll see how it goes. Okay, sweet. We're printing up the press release. <laughs> okay, you think Notre Dame is the best? Uh, opponent to schedule for any team would would any team make room for Notre Dame yep to come to come to there or just kind of is it the most desirable opponent in college football yes because of the fan base I mean there's a reason they're the only school that's on has its own TV deal with (laughs) NBC I mean yeah it's because there's Notre Dame fans everywhere I would agree with that. Even though Notre Dame and Notre Dame's had some good years, but it's not like there's some dominant program. But but because of the cachet, just like Tom was talking about when we came in, it's it uh, they are in some ways living off of what uh, you know what Newt Rockney did. Still, yes, because it's passed down. Another great thing about sports, by the way, it's uh, often a bond within families. I mean, I've got a buddy who's a huge Notre Dame fan. Why? He and his dad grew. He grew up in Utah. He and his dad sat sitting down watching NBC and Notre Dame every single Saturday. You know, I would encourage, and I I remember uh, distinctly the feeling I had when I went to Notre Dame on the on the. I've been back there three or four times now, and I was impressed every time. I mean, it they lay it on thick there, you know, the historical aspect to it. But I walked around that campus. And I, you walk through the hall of whatever they call it, and uh, it, it, is, it is impressive. And I, I would recommend, if anybody has a chance to go see a football game, especially if the team, if they're playing a team that you, you uh, like to cheer for or watch, make every opportunity to get there. I, the only time that I'm not sure I felt that way was when Utah played there. Wasn't that, wasn't that a rainstorm or something? Wasn't the weather really bad for that game? Am I remembering that right? I thought. Are you thinking about Michigan when they had the big delay in the middle because of no, lightning? No, I thought there was like a rainstorm. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's a it's a terrific place, and if you love college football, you you'll love going there. So even uh, we'll though see. they have no integrity, apparently don't don't yeah. live up to their end of deals, which is disappointing. I'm sorry I'm, you're so disappointed. disappointed. I know you're hurt. Like no, I'm not hurt. I'm this. not hurt. I just think Notre Dame should live up to its obligations. All right. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, and Jake Scott. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Band of the Day today is Warrant, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. How would you describe this music? Well, it's 80s hair metal. Yeah. That was, pretty, that was a pretty easy one. Next question. I like 80s hair bands. I would describe it as loud. It is loud and glammy. Kind of like cool in the gig. <laughs> glammy. Super glammy. Kind of like the party hounds loud. Oh, yeah. That, that was good and loud. Um, <laughs> never seen Warrant myself. Seen Poison a bunch. They put on a pretty good show. They seem about in the same area as Poison. Oh, yeah. They're in the same wheelhouse for sure. Speaking Motley of, Crew. Yeah. Speaking I've of seen poison. the crew a few times. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, I've told you the story about how uh, Vince Neil opened for... for uh, Poison. Yeah, poison. Yeah. And he was so hammered. He, it, <laughs> well, I would assume hammered that that he could not spit out the lyrics to his most well-known songs. So you had the crew and Poison playing together. No, 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 no. What? Not the crew. Just oh. Vince. Oh, okay. Singing crew songs badly. My <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of Poison, my wife uh, just sent me a picture of a. She was on a walk, and there was a rattler in the middle of the road where she was walking. We're looking for water, folks, so be careful out there. What would happen if you encountered a, a live rattler? Yeah. Yeah, on a golf course once, and uh, I just went on my merry way, leaving it alone. I feel like seeing it from a distance is a little different than, like, encountering one on your walk or hike. Well, it, was right, like it was right on the tee box. It's sitting right there. Right, and you didn't notice it when you put your tea in the ground. I mean, I'm sure you guys avoid, uh, avoided the whole Well, area. we walked up to the tea box, and there it was. Mm-hmm. So it was right there in front of us. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was – I think I'd hit by a car or something. That's what it looked like to me. Anyway. In the tea box? No, no, my wife. When she was was Jake around? In the neighborhood. All right. Well, glad Lisa's okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I think she's okay. She's probably shook. By a dead rattlesnake? Yeah. You would be shook by a dead... Lisa's tougher than that. Give her some credit. Oh, I think that's the one thing that she isn't all that tough about. Yeah, but dead it, snakes? But there's a... Yeah, there's a there's a key component in this conversation. It's dead. Yeah, but she didn't know that when she saw it initially. I mean, it was right there. Stretched out on a road, not moving. <laughs> yeah, I bet she noticed. It could have been sunbathing. Yeah, you know, some of the snakes do that sometimes. When I lived in California, I drove home one day from uh, I think I was playing softball. Drove up into the driveway, and there was a there was a five foot snake just sitting there on the driveway, enjoying the sun. Now, is it true that rattles, everything but sunglasses? On. Rattlesnakes uh, have a self defense mechanism where they can make tire tracks appear on themselves to. <laughs> And flatten part of their and flatten body. part of yeah. their body. It's a it's a well known, <laughs> well known <laughs> technique. Uh, it's called be... plane crushed. <laughs> it lures in unsuspecting walkers as its prey. I don't know, man. Uh, the rattle goes silent. I've heard of rattlers without their rattles. You know, they're so. called snakes. No, they're rattlers. They're rattlesnakes, but they they're for whatever reason. Rattle shook off or wasn't there anymore. In this case, I looked at the picture. Is that a rattlesnake, Jake? I showed you the picture. Yes, it's a rattlesnake. For sure. 
Yes. What are you supposed to do anymore if you get bit by a rattlesnake? They used to tell you to suck the poison out, but that seems like no, it's I think ill-advised. What was that? What was that movie about the guy in Utah when you your uh, you, you you pocket knife off your limb? Oh, 40, I, 20. I think that's what they say to do. Now. Aaron Ralston or yeah. whatever. Oh, the guy with the bold one twenty-seven. Yeah. Quick amputation and then <laughs> and then find your way to a hospital. But they they used Not to teach us to suck it out, and I thought that's I'm never doing that. Have you sucked out someone's venom? No, and I never will. That seems Would like... you be willing to? Why? Then we're both dead. <laughs> no, you spit it out. Oh, like, well, okay. in that case, okay. why aren't we just sucking all kinds of disease out <laughs> no, of each no, other? No. <laughs> so you and Jake and I are walking wherever. And, Not very far, and no Jake, one, the three Jake, of us. Jake gets bit by a rattlesnake, and there's no antidote nearby. Would you be willing to suck his poison out? No. See, here's the thing. Because it's not going to do anything. It won't do anything. We'll both die. Yeah, if it doesn't work, then why would he do it? Spit it back out. That's what they do in the movies. That's fiction. Yeah, they've come up with, they've they've said that this is not an effective means. At all? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, all right then. I mean, so any other treatment, I mean, it, it would be just as effective as that, right? Like, hey, I've heard uh, it's good for rattlesnake venom if I kick you in the nuts. It it has the same effectiveness. <laughs> Can he say that on the radio? <laughs> Let's just do we move need, on. Do we yeah. need to dump Too that? late, but <laughs> <laughs> kick you in the rattler. You probably, you probably would. You probably would enjoy that kind of <laughs> that kind of fixing the problem. I think you have a finite amount of time to find your way to medical treatment. It says call nine one one immediately. Note mm. the time of the bite. Keep calm and still as movement can cause the venom to travel more quickly through the body. Remove constricting clothing or jewelry and don't allow the victim to walk anywhere. Oh, so if you're out on a mountain trail somewhere, you got to stay put. It sounds like, yeah, you're going to die right there. So we'll just carry on without you. Well, that, that, wait a minute. That, that's, 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 there's, there's no advice here. <laughs> Step one, call 911. That should be the end because the rest of it is like... Remain calm. Don't move anywhere. There's nothing like if you do this, you'll live. That's not advice. That's a that's a obituary on there. They say now say a short prayer. (laughs) No, no. What what, what they would call your attorney? What they what they would do is what they did with Sam Amick. Bring in a chopper, lift you up out of there, and get that anecdote in you. Well, hopefully you're on the uh, very well accessed area. Hopefully hey, you're in Cottonwood Heights where they can get to you. I'll tell you this. If you're hiking with a couple of Boy Scouts, they can fashion you a litter, PDQ, out of pretty much anything. <laughs> True, they're probably going to hike down the mountain without their pants on, but you know what? They're going to get you down. <laughs> and then you'll die at the bottom of the mountain. How much time do you got? What does it it doesn't say. It just says Hola. note the time of the bite, which means... That so that the courier, the courier, so the medical examiner's work is done. Okay, but uh, look and see, check it. I'm going to check a different one because you know maybe someone else gives you a time limit. You know that's what I want to know. And now that we're talking about it, we can't. It does say on the next one down. Most rattlesnake bite deaths occur between six and forty-eight hours after the bite. Oh, that's six and forty-eight hours eight times the <laughs> limit there. Between six and two full See, days later. That's the difference between, wow, we need to take extreme measures and, hey, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Let's see how it goes. Maybe you'll be fine. 
<laughs> oh, what a stupid conversation. I'm glad I'm glad you know, uh, Lisa's just, okay. Uh, this is a thing. That's a thing here in I'm Utah. Glad she escaped the death. That was rattles. really a productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, this is this is something that people here need to be aware of. What's your number one fear? Dead snakes. <laughs> All right. We'll have more next. You never know if that thing is dead. You know, you get up too close to it and that might, uh, you know, and don't they say that, like, if you chop their head off, they'll still, they could still bite you or some sort? Or there's some sort of reflex thing going on? That's how it works in Looney Tunes. What? (laughs) Oh, man. Just suck that poison out and spit it. You'll be fine. Tanner Mangum's going to be on the show at three. So that's nice. Right now. Uh, Eric Walden is going to jump on the show at four. We'll get his thoughts on the finals. There is a game tonight. We can talk about that next. He does know his 80s metal band, though. It is the big show. 90, oh, yeah. He, he probably is into Warrant. He seems like the type of dude who's, who's got like a Warrant leather vest. He rocks around town. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's the big show. Man, this is nasty. This is nasty stuff. Lady the Zone. Rises and fires for three. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Got a picture of your house And you're standing by the door It's black and white and faded And it's looking pretty warm This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. What a great song. I love this yeah, song. It's a great song, right? Randomly, 80s uh, 80s butt rock uh, did ballads well. Yeah, like, you remember Firehouse? Yeah. Every one of their songs was just a melt-your-face metal display. And then they had that one love song that yeah. went number one, and that's all anyone knows them for. The power ballad is a thing. It's yeah. like uh, extreme, more than words. Yeah. Yeah, but that was less power and a little more just sweetness. That's what we're saying. That's what, yeah. yeah right. Okay. There, right. There's rock bands, you know, that, that right, play I get that. metal, but then play ballad. Like Poison, Every Rose has its own, the power ballad. I'm not, I'm, yeah, but is that a power ballad? It is. It is? All right. I believe, what was that, uh, that uh, CD compilation? Was it called Power Ballads? I think what so. Was it Love Ballads. Oh, it was something with, like, hair ballads or metal ballads or something like that. <laughs> I think it might have been Power Ballads. One of those CDs, like, now that's what I call music, 12. Ultimate rock ballads? Hmm. Oh, now, now that's what I call power ballads, yeah. I'm not and big, there's 13 of them. not a big power yeah. ballad guy, Jake. What? Just, that was a great you know, song. You don't like that song we no, just played? No, not really. 
Why? Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with liking it. Well, just, you, I don't there was no banjo in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're a country yeah, guy. Yeah, you are a country guy. There was no fiddling, so Gordon's not coming along with it. I love this song. That's a good song. Thank you. All right. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those summer contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We've got Tanner Mangum coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Gordon, uh, game four tonight between the Suns and yeah. the Bucks. Yeah, it's interesting now. You know, I love the, you know, you can see this with any playoff series, right? The sway of opinion mm-hmm. on on who's doing what, uh, you know, like Phoenix wins the first two and it's, oh, Phoenix in four. And then Milwaukee wins the game and everybody's right back on the Bucks train. Yeah. But the, the narrative around that has been that Giannis has figured out the Giannis wall. <laughs> As he that the way to play Giannis is to build that wall in front of the rim, and he's got no answers. Build that Giannis wall. And I read a whole thing today uh, about how, oh, they've figured that out, and now the Bucks are going to roll. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. So uh, you uh, were putting dirt on the Bucks. About a week ago, what? Did not I, say are, that. Is putting that, dirt on the Bucks? I never said is, that. You were you had them half buried. I did not. Where are you on the series now? Uh, the Suns are still really good and favored, but uh, the Bucks have shown life, and a lot of that had to do with whether Giannis was healthy or not, and it looks like he's plenty healthy. So, yeah, he's. He's really played great in the last couple of games. And I expect these games, I think every game from here on out will be close. Mm, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's blowouts in series all the time. Yeah. I just think that, that this is this is a good matchup. And I would still pick the Suns to win it. But Giannis has been something special. So... We'll see what happens. And he's got a little bit of help there. Well, and it is the supporting cast and how they play. That's going to determine wins and losses for the Bucs for me. Um, And how well Drew Holiday plays – because he's got he plays a key role defensively, right? He's he's the guy who's got to guard Chris Paul, and he's good at it. Yes, he is. But is he good on the offensive ends where he's not just a a one-way guy? Because he's been a a little bit hot and cold. Really – his entire run with the Bucks this whole well, year, but uh, not it, just him, but the, all the Bucks have been a little hot and cold. But uh, he, over the in specific, because he plays, he has dual really important roles. Yes, to to guard Chris Paul uh-huh. and to run the show, which is why I'm, they gave up some of their depth right. in order to obtain him. Yeah. So I'm not worried about him on the defensive side. I think he'll give. Chris Paul, all Chris can handle. But when he disappears offensively, it's rough because you can't take him out. <laughs> That's a good point, you know. And Giannis isn't a great jump shooter, and so you, yeah, they need to hit open shots, and that's that's have literally been hit and miss throughout the playoffs for them. So, what are they shooting in the playoffs overall? Like just over thirty percent from three. So yeah, they, he's got to make some shots. But I think he's kind of the key component. I, I mean, I, I wondered about Giannis's effectiveness. Uh, I mean, has he answered all those questions based on the way he's played so far? I mean, he, I, yeah, I'm with you. He's been yeah. really good. Yeah. So the the others have to be more consistent. Specifically, Drew Holiday. I mean, you could say the same thing about Chris Middleton. Well, he's got to make his shots. Well, yeah, 
But Holiday plays such a critical role on the other side of the yeah. basketball. Well said. He needs to play well offensively because he's not coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And Middleton, if Middleton's not making shots, then what's he doing in there? Right. It's a little bit like Bogdanovich. Every day. Every day you're just dragging that dude. What happened? Did he did he did he swindle you? Uh, did he get he involved in a bad MLM? What what went down? Did he take you to breakfast and forget his wallet? <laughs> Sorry. It's just an ongoing joke. That's all. I think it's more personal than that. Oh, no. Why would I have anything it's personal? More personal. I don't know. I'm not you. No. <laughs> it just seems to be on the top of your mind a lot. No, it's just a joke. Sheesh. You know, he does have a bit of fumbleitis. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> if he's not making shots, then what's he doing in there? He's a ball hog. Answer me that question. Spacing. Yeah, okay. Because you still have to guard him. Played some good defense in that series. <laughs> okay. Did he? Well, for a quarter. <laughs> All right. Good shooter, usually, sometimes. You, you still have to guard him. Don't hold your breath. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. He's Boyan Bogdanovich. <laughs> you still have to guard him. Not if he's not making shots. Yes, if he's not making See, you, you can't get this, this oh, like you can tell if somebody's hot and cold on a shot-by-shot basis and make decisions <laughs> and such. You can't, you don't do that. You gave, you've seen the whiteboard before the game, right, Gordon, where they have the whole other team listed out as shooters and not shooters? That might as well be, you have to guard this guy, but not this guy. And I guarantee you on any every NBA whiteboard before they play the Jazz, they put Bogdanovich in the shooter category. Yeah, but Guard if, he's, this if guy. he's 3 of 14... You're still guarding him. <laughs> Not him. Because when you stop guarding him, that's the one he hits. Look, anytime, anytime Bogdanovich gets crowded a little bit by somebody, and that's what they do. They crowd him, not to stop him from shooting, but they, the second he t- looks like he's going to dribble the ball, they're all over him because they know he's vulnerable. He's a turnover machine. So that's a strategy where you you guard somebody. At no point is the team going, you know what, don't guard that Bogdanovich guy. He doesn't have it tonight. No, because coaches aren't going to ever do that. Hey, Steph's gone one for nine. Don't guard him on the next play. No. He's Steph and Ronald Curry. Did you just compare Steph to Boyan? No, I'm saying shooters. You've got to guard shooters in this league, and Bogdanovich is a shooter. He spent most of the year shooting above 40% from three. It's Wardell Stephen Curry, by the way. Oh, sorry. I thought Stephen Ronald had a nice ring to it. Just remember that that uh, reporter saying to him this year, uh, Wardell, what did you think? And he's like, what? <laughs> Who? All right, stay tuned. Uh, we've got Tanner Megum joining the show next, 97.5 and 1280. Drop the ball.